Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Thank you for listening to another Rope Drop Radio. I'm your host, Derek Sassman. Of course, we have the Disney dentist with us, Dr. Doug. And Doug, we finally got to hang out this weekend. It is a dental month, the month of February. And so I came in for my annual checkup. Yeah, it was finally great to meet. And uh, I don't know if you call it hanging out when you're you're at the dentist, Derek. But uh, if that's what you want to consider hanging out, we'll go for it. You did most of the talking. That is definitely I did. for sure. It's uh, one-sided. I have a career where I'm good at uh, carrying a conversation for most of the day. So um, I, I let you speak a little bit between I, poking you. I did. In between, yeah, in between pokes. I mean, the bonus, I had no cavities. Uh, it's February, so you know everyone should be seeing their dentist. It is your month, uh, short month, because no one does enjoy going to the dentist. <laughs> That's why we only get 28 days, huh? There, there you go. So, uh, you know what? You know, it's just great to meet you and Michelle and and hang out a little bit. We did talk afterwards for our people who are listening, uh, and so we talked a lot about the show. And but it was just, you know, it's a lot of fun to get to know you guys uh, a lot better, and then to find out what the Disney dentist, the legendary, as I said, Disney dentist, is all about. Yeah, I don't know about the word legendary. You like to throw that around, but. Uh... I guess. That's I guess. how everyone yeah. knows you. Everyone I've talked to is you are the Disney dentist. The whole show got started because of that. And uh, speaking of show, I know when you are uh, you know, working on people, you get questions in between pokes and I... brushes. And one question that you and I both get a lot. In fact, we were going to do a whole listener question type show tonight. But one question keeps popping up, and it's one that I've had, and you are going to answer it. And that is about the annual pass. Those people who are obsessed with Disney and like going all the time, uh, you and Michelle and your kids are annual pass holders. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about is it worth it financially? I mean, a week ago they announced that I believe it's $30 a year. The annual pass is going up. Mm-hmm. They did a price increase all across the board, so that also encompassed the annual pass. So let's start with what exactly is an annual pass. and. You know, a lot of people think it's weird that we live a thousand plus miles away and we have an annual pass to a place so far away that you have to fly to get to or drive for 20 some hours, but sometimes it makes sense. So today we're going to break down when it makes sense, who it makes sense for, why it makes sense, and what all it is. So there's several different types of annual passes. First of all, if you live in Florida, there's a whole slew of Florida resident annual passes. They all come with a cheaper price tag and lots of restrictions, blackout dates. Like there's even a pass for Epcot after four where that's all it gets you into basically so you can go and enjoy the dining, catch illuminations. Um, so there's this kind of a pass for every 
every person. Um, they also have payment plans for Florida residents. They don't do that for the regular annual passes. So, so basically how I view it is if you live in Florida, about an hour away from the parks, it's kind of like a Netflix uh, kind of thing. It's just something you have to have. Yeah, but you know, there's so many different ones that you got to figure out what you want. There are probably a lot of people local to Walt Disney World that actually have the same pass that I have. Because the non-Florida resident ones are the only way to get one without any blackout dates, which is pretty important if you're wanting to go on holidays. Say you have family that comes to visit. They tend to visit at the busy times, right? That's when most people visit. And so you couldn't go to the parks with them if you have those blackout dates. Although if I was living locally and had family come visit, I would see that as a plus. Like, see ya, have fun at the park when it's crazy. Um, but anyway... There's two different main passes. One is the Platinum Pass and then the Platinum Plus Pass. I mean, that sounds fancy, doesn't it, Derek? Platinum. Just, I like it. Platinum. The card is actually yellow. but you That know, doesn't make okay. sense at all. Not a, not a bit of sense. So what you get with your Platinum Pass or your Annual Pass, we'll just call it the Annual Pass, is you get a mission to all four parks. You can hop. You get Photo Pass. And you get parking for free. And you get discounts on a lot of different things, and we'll kind of get into that later. Um, so if you upgrade to the Plus, um, you get, in addition to those things, you get everything you get with the regular Platinum, but you go Plus, you get Water Parks, ESPN Wild World Sports, and the Oak Trail Golf Course. So you can go play golf as much as you want with that one, and Water Parks as much as you want. Um, it's... It's about a $90 difference between the two. So for $90, basically, if you're going to go to the water parks twice, it's worth upgrading to the Plus. If you're going to play golf, it's worth upgrading to the Plus. ESPN Wild World of Sports, I have never really figured out when you need a mission to that because every time I've gone, I, you just go. I If you're going to a cheerleading thing, you have special admission to that. that I, I really don't understand why people will go to the Wild World of Sports without a specific reason, but evidently people do. So if you're one of those people, I suppose, go for the plus. But uh, my main takeaway is if you're planning a couple visits to a water park, it's worth upgrading. If not, you don't need it. So we have the regular Platinum Pass um, for our family because we're not going to go to too many water parks. And if we decide to, you can always upgrade. So that's where we're at. Those are the two main ones. Well, the question we always seem to get on the show is when it's actually worth it. I mean, it makes sense if you live in Florida or if you live uh, within a close driving distance to the parks. But we're talking about the Midwest, and most of you who are listening are Midwest residents who are probably going to either drive and do a two-week vacation or you're going to try to hop on a flight and get down there as much as possible. So when does it start making sense you know, for us, we have yet to do the annual pass, but for you, you guys do. When does it make sense to switch from, uh, you know, one to the other? Basically, why did you guys get one? All right, well, the main reason we got one um, was because we were planning two trips in one year. That was the main thing. Um, I don't think you want to go into it thinking you're just going to make your money back on other discounts because you got to spend money to save money there so if you're really doing the numbers you got to look at two trips within one year um right now though when you buy an annual pass you don't get 12 months you get 13 so 
I can't say how long that promotion will last. I, I doubt it lasts all the way into 2019. Once it gets close to Star Wars opening, I have trouble believing that 13-month thing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome if it continues, especially for long-distance annual pass holders. Because it's easier to like, – if you want to go the same week every year, having that 13-month annual pass makes that possible to do that and get two trips in. But if you go one week and then you go a week earlier the next year, hey, you got two trips in one year. So it comes down to how you're planning. So now's the time for the numbers, Derek. Are we ready for numbers? Are we ready for I, math? I, I am ready for math. I've done the math myself. I'm ready to hear oh, your math. Because the My question daughter. is, you know, it's the break-even point. You know, people want to save money. So break-even how many point. times do I have to go to the park? How often do I have to go? When does it all make sense uh, to go well, if you the go AP 365 route? days, it's way worth it, first of all. No, I'm joking. Okay. If you so go every is, day, that's right. Yeah, why wouldn't we? So that's we'll our, retire- our So our retirement plan is to become AP and then just go every day. Yeah, that's totally the plan. But we're not there yet. So my daughter makes fun of my math, so bear with me. Um, so the, an- the, the annual pass, the, the regular one, is $779. All the prices we're going to talk about today are without tax because tax is the same percentage, so it works out. It, you know, it's a wash, so we're just going to leave it off because I'm lazy. All right, so we're only going to compare hoppers to the annual pass because the annual pass has a hopper in it. So I used hopper prices for the base tickets. And, and for people who might not know, that means just, you know, in the same day, jumping from park to park. That's right, going from park to park, which is something I love to do and will force Derek to do more. I, right, I have so, a, I've officially done it a couple times. I know when we go, we'll do more. So, so we look at if you go in on one trip and then you have another trip planned. How long do those trips actually have to be? I want to say you have one trip that where you have a three day park hopper. All right, a three day park hopper comes in at three hundred and forty nine dollars for adults. We're only going to compare adult price tickets because kids and adults cost the same. Which I've never understood. Three plus, and and that's for you listening. Three plus is the the adult. It's the adult yep. price on annual passes. So, kids' prices don't matter. As soon as you upgrade, they're an adult. Congratulations! You we have three adults that live in my basement. Um, hopefully, they move out when they you know someday. All right. Anyway, so seven hundred seventy nine dollars. So a three day ticket is three hundred and forty nine. So that makes a, a price difference. So you go those three days. Say you want to upgrade to your annual pass. That's a $430 difference. Well, say you're planning one more trip. How long does that trip need to be? Well, obviously, it needs to be longer than three days because we just said that was like $350. So two three-day trips, not worth it. It's close. It, it's, what is that, $80 off? So, I mean, you'd have to be staying off property park four times to make up that $80, which in two, three day trips you could do, but there you're having to like stay off property and taking the parking discount, barely coming out ahead. Um, but if you're doing a four day ticket on your second trip or your first trip, well, that's $425. So if you upgrade a three day ticket to an annual pass, that's a $430 upgrade. So your second trip is just a four-day ticket, you're even. I mean, it's $5 off, but there, like I said, there's so many ways to make up that $5 with your annual pass. So that's all it takes is a three- and a four-day trip. Now say you got a two-day trip, 
and you're thinking about maybe a long trip down the road, all right? Let's do a more extreme example. Um, a two-day ticket is $259, all right? The d- price difference there, I'll do the math for you, from $779 is $520. Well, a 10-day park hopper is $515. So there again, you get to that $5 difference. So if you do a two-day and a 10-day, you, you break even, but if you do a three-day and a four-day, you break even. And there's lots of other ways to combine this. But remember, the longer your trips get, the less price difference there is between like a five-day and a six-day and a seven-day ticket. So you see the biggest differences between two, three, and four. So all it takes is a three-day trip and a four-day trip. And you have broken even just with the cost of the annual pass before you even get into any discounts. So with two three-day trips... You can conceivably make up the difference with other discounts, but I wouldn't bank on it because you don't necessarily. So, it's so two, money you two big family trips in a year, and there you go. It made sense to get right. the AP. Yeah, two four-day trips, and you are saving money. So you're with two four-day tickets, you're looking at saving around seventy dollars, which I mean, that's that. So that's where it makes a lot of sense. So our last trip, we had a seven-day ticket. So that's four eighty-five. The upgrade to the annual pass was two hundred ninety-four more. And so our next base tickets that we're getting are five-day tickets. So yeah, we're saving. I, there's a lot of math there. We're saving a lot of money per ticket, and then you multiply that by five because we're a family of five. So you can see how it starts to make sense. What I like even more is that if you do decide, hey, what the heck, let's do a third trip, even if it's for a weekend, you get a great deal on some airlines or you do a quick drive down there, that's that's already paid for because you're not paying for park admission. Yeah, that's one of the best things is the years where we have an annual pass is it makes it easier to go do a long weekend, to do something a little bit different. Because you're not concerned about like, oh, well, park emission. Park emission is a huge part of the trip to Disney. And when that's already taken out of the equation, and it it's pretty nice. It gives you a lot of flexibility on your travel. And it's something that definitely worth looking into. I mean, every now and then, we have gotten some steel prices on uh, some discount airlines so that is something that, you know, questions that we get a lot is, you know, how do we make it more affordable? Well, if you're going for that third time, you get some really cheap flights down there. Yeah, maybe you have to fly out on a Tuesday or flying back on like a Friday. You still get to go to the parks for free. And like you said, that's that's your biggest cost when planning a Disney trip is those days at the parks. So you, it's very hard and rare to get any kind of discount tickets. It is. It really discount tickets don't exist. You may see some stuff advertised on a uh, iDrive. Um, don't trust them. One ninety two as well. Don't don't trust free Disney tickets. Don't do it. Avoid it. Um, you just gotta pay for the real thing. And uh, you know the multiple trips. It makes sense. Now if you're doing just one day, there's no mathematical way to turn a one day park emission into making sense to buy the AP if you're just going to go twice. You have to have a third trip in there. Um, The other question I get a lot, Derek, um, actually is if you're going on a big trip, say you're doing like 9, 10 days, like a whole huge trip, like a 10-day ticket's the biggest you can get, 
and it's a family of four or five, does it make sense for somebody to just get one annual pass to get all the different perks? So I guess we should talk about what all those perks are. Well, I know I know the biggest perk, especially with that, is the free parking. Yeah, that is a huge perk. But, uh, you know, if you're staying on property, you already can drive to the parks for free. So that's something that staying off property is a huge bonus. Um, but if you're staying on property, it's not as big of perk. So you got to think about how you're going to travel as to whether you're going to be able to take advantage of that and use that mathematical equation. Because for us, in our plans for 2017, we're never going to take advantage of our free parking because we'll always be staying on property. However, though, when we drive through the, the old uh, turnstile, you don't drive through a turnstile. What do we drive through? The gate? The ticket? The, the parking? Oh, man. You can say gate. The, I guess. Okay, yeah, when yeah. you go through there and you, you we just give them the AP cuz it's it's just easy. So, we will use it, but technically we're not, but technically we are. Um so the other big discounts that are out there, um the resort discounts, they're usually maybe 5% better than the general public discount. Um so 5% off a resort um, limited times of the year, certain things you have to find the right discount. Um, like right now, if you're looking for mid-June, the discounts out, aren't out yet. So it is something that if you really want a certain resort, you may not be able to bank on staying there at an AP rate. But if you really want the rate, you do save about 5%. So if you're going for you know four or five days, that does add up. So there's some more money in your pocket. Um you, there is a discount code for Alamo if you're doing a rental. Um, I think it's 20% off if you rent over a whole weekend. Um, and then there's hard ticket discounts. So you get a few bucks off your Mickey's Not So Scary, your um, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas, um, some of those other hard ticket events like the late night thing that they've started doing in the Magic Kingdom. Um, but it's only a couple dollars a person. You, you're not getting into those for like half price or anything amazing. But it it's adds up with discount. everything, it the does. resort, the car, yep. the parking. It does start to add up. The, the um, biggest discount that I think people take advantage of is um, merchandise. Most Disney-owned um, merchandise locations in the parks and the resorts, you do get 10% off. Now, it's not off everything, so you get the typical exclusions like Legos and uh, DVDs and CDs, that sort of stuff. Do they still sell CDs in I the parks? I don't even know what you just uh, said. CD. It's a compact disc. It goes in this little player, and music yeah, comes just, out. That just aged you a little bit, but all I right. I know, right? So you still get discounts on most stuff. So if you're planning on buying things, you will get 10% off, but like – when you're doing the math, I don't like to look at a discount where you have to spend money to save money as the reason to do it. Um, and the other big discount is dining. So there's a whole slew of places where you get 10% off or so at dining. Should we go through those? Would you like to hear where we get the dining discounts? Uh, All right. You know what? Any, any of the... Uh e-ticket dining places you know absolutely some of the yeah. ones that so, might be a bucket list type uh epcot place. world showcase there's quite a few where you get 10 percent off beer garden nine dragons marrakesh san angel inn oh i Tokyo just ate dining. there too yep tepan ito 
Tudo Italia via Napoli. So in Epcot, you can really take advantage. It's 10%. Uh, you got to eat anyway. The merchandise, you kind of like, you don't have to buy merchandise, but you do have to eat, at least as far as stay upright and be living, right? Um, Hollywood Studios, Hollywood and Vine, 10% off, and Brown Derby, 10% off. Um, Disney Springs, Boathouse, you get 15 um, at lunch and 10 at dinner. Earl Sandwich is 10. Garadelli's 10%. House of Blues, 20. Morimoto Asia is 10. Paradiso's 15. Plant Hollywood, 10. Portobello's 20. Um, T Rex and Rainforest is 10. And Wolfgang Puck is 20. And that also includes alcohol in most of those places. So that's a, that's a big thing. And a lot of the resorts, um, the sit down restaurants at the resorts, some like Whispering Canyon, um, Captain's Grill, Sanaa, Trails in some of the bigger ones, you actually get the 10% off there, which is a pretty good deal. That all adds up. That I mean, between parking, merchandise, dining, resort, it's those little nickel and dimes that you end up saving that in a trip, not only on top of the, uh, the park, getting into the parks, that's where you start making your money back. That's where that yeah. three and four nights can actually be more like, what, three and three nights? Yeah, so that's why I was saying the three and three, you can get there. You can make it. You're just four parking payments away from making that make sense. And if you do eat at the right restaurants, that's the thing, though. There's more restaurants not listed than are listed, you know, and none of the counter services listed. Once upon a time, the food court art and animation was listed. That was awesome. You could get 20% off at a food court, but now there's no... There's no discount at the counter service. I think that would be huge if that were to happen. But, you know, if you're going to sit down and eat, then your three and three makes sense. But, Grant, you're only probably eating three to six meals like that. So you really have to be careful and plan it. Um, the other way to save money on dining actually requires you to spend even more money, Derek. It is called the Tables in Wonderland card. So for another $150 on top of your annual pass, you get a card that has more dining discounts. And it's almost every Disney-owned and operated um, restaurant. There are a few exceptions. It changes from year to year. But you get 20% off your food and your alcohol. Um, and so like Akershus is on this. And, and restaurants like that, there's a whole slew. It's not just that limited list. So the AP dining discount is pretty limited, but the tables in Wonderland, you know, you go to Sci-Fi or Mama Melrose, you can get 20% off. However, people claim it's only a 2% discount because the tables in Wonderland card forces you to pay an 18% gratuity. No Ooh. ifs, ands, or but. But let's be honest, who is going to pay no gratuity? So you're already going to pay an 18% gratuity at Disney. Um, so really, I, I look at it as a full 20% discount because I was going to tip anyway. Um, well, you're one of the good ones, that's for sure. There we go. Yeah. So it it's a it, if you're going to eat a lot of sit-down meals, especially if you're going to get an alcoholic beverage or two throughout your trip, with your meals, it makes even more sense to get the Tables in Wonderland card. But there you got to start doing a lot of math because you're spending another 150 
and then you got to spend i think it's like 400 and some dollars before you break even on that card so to really save money you got to eat a lot it's good for a year so if you're going on multiple trips it really really can save you some money and the dining plan claims to save money i think if you do it right the dining plan saves money but the average person usually comes up a little bit short or just even with the dining plan Tables in Wonderland, if you don't want to commit to the dining plan, it's a great way to really subsidize the savings at those restaurants. So that's something we still have to do the math on for this year. We don't have a Tables in Wonderland card yet, but uh, before our spring break trip, we're going to have to do the math because I think we have like Kate May booked and and, uh, Skipper's Canteen. So we'll have to see how much we can save throughout the year by getting the Tables in Wonderland card. Well, let's go back to uh, the annual pass. I mean, we've talked about, uh, I don't think we've really broken down as much as having just one person in your family. I think that's what a lot of people see as unique. So you and I are going to do our own little guys trip in June. You are an AP holder. I am not. Would it make sense for me to become an annual pass holder while my family, uh, you know, well, they, my wife listens to the show, so what it make, she's like, yes, if you do, I do. But uh, would it make sense for uh, you know just myself, one person in the, uh, in the family, to become the AP? Well, it totally can. So we go in June, and say you plan another family trip in February. Your AP would still work, and as long as you guys get a three- or four-day ticket, you can already see how that mathematically makes sense, that you know we'll do three days, together and then and potentially four depending on the flights we don't you know don't have flights yet so it could be if you have an ap you sneak in for an hour and you're out with a regular ticket you're not going to spend the money for the fourth day to go for just an hour so that's another benefit of the ap is you're less concerned about the time but uh if you go for another three-day trip you have eighty dollars to make up in discounts and uh with just one ap holder you can get the merchandise for everybody. Like you just have to present your AP card and be there when you check out. So, which is painful. You have to be the one actually paying. But uh, you can get the merchandise discounts for what your kids want, and your wife wants. Um, they don't have to be AP holders. Also, the dining. You know, the whole table gets the discount, not just the AP holder. So you can add up and get the rest of that um, price difference between th- two three-day tickets or a three and a four pretty easily um also if you're staying off property it really makes sense to have one ap holder because you can pay for parking that's 20 bucks a shot so um i think if like in this situation where you're going and then you go with the family later it could really make sense now the other scenario is like you just go on one trip every two years or one trip every three years five years something like that there's a whole family does it make sense for one person to get that AP? Say they're traveling with extended family, like a group of eight, like two families or two, four going. And one person gets that AP, um, say they're going for eight days. There's a $284 difference that they need to make up in discounts. Can they do that? Well, it, That's a lot of souvenirs. On, that's a lot of souvenirs um, because you're only getting 10% off. So if you're going to make up $280 in souvenirs at 10% off, uh, what's the math there? Is that $2,000 worth of souvenirs, Derek? Yeah. Sounds right. Yep. And the same thing with dining. You got to stick to that list of dining. 
and uh, you got to spend $2,000 in food. Grant, with eight people eating, if more of them are adults, food is expensive. Go to go to the right places. You can add up. Like if you go to Brown Derby, I mean, you could drop, um, you know, 60 to $80 a person there, and you're getting 20 or 10% off. So it is very possible. I do know of a lot of people that have done longer trips with extended family where one person will get that AP especially if they're staying off property because then they get the parking discount as well. So that's kind of a different way to look at it. It's only one person getting the discount. And just for so people are, understand, there is a different AP for California versus Florida. It's, it's two different passes. Uh, that, that is a question I get. You know, if I get one AP, can, you know, can I get into both parks if we do two different trips? No, it's, it's, you know, you have your Disneyland versus your Disney World. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, there is a, a pass for both coasts. Doing the math on it, you pretty much have to visit both parks twice. Um, is it called the Omega Disney Pass? I don't I think the Premier Super and, Platinum you know, Gold Ear at Diamond. The um, yeah, and it financially, you have to go to Disneyland twice more than just for a day um, for it to make sense. Because otherwise, the price difference, no matter how many times you go to Disney World, you're really upgrading from your Disney World annual pass to that Premier Pass that works on both coasts, and the upgrade costs more than a three-day ticket or five-day like it's you have to make two trips to disneyland so it only makes sense if you're making multiple trips to both coasts and i don't know too many people that do that and um, the other question we get well here and hit the hit this uh real quick the other question we get is with disney cruise line being an annual pass holder for either park you know if, you, if you're doing cruises doesn't make sense because you don't really get a discount for uh disney cruise line no, there's there's only no discount there. The only good thing about it is when you get an annual pass, you get magic bands. You get a little slider that goes on your magic band that says you're an annual pass holder so you can look cool. And you get a magnet. So you take that magnet on your cruise and you slap it on your door. Um, that's really the only thing that helps you on the cruise. The good thing about an annual pass, if you do a cruise while you have an annual pass – it makes it really easy to do the park for like a half day before you leave or like the day after you get back before you head to the airport um, without having to drop the money on a one or two day ticket. Um, that is the one good thing about it. But still, you got to have that three or four two trip combo to have it make sense. But it does make it easier to budget around a cruise type of thing. So but there's no AP discount for cruises out there there's barely um discounts for the cruise line disney's wouldn't, wouldn't it be great shipping. if there was like a cruise line to, you know after you do four cruises they're the rest are free and then people are just you know full-time uh yeah, disney cruise line yep but uh, it does not happen really the biggest benefit of being on five cruises is you get to book cruises a day earlier than everybody else when the new itineraries come out and that was that was to today for gold member gold and platinum the cruise line just announced all their itineraries for summer 2018 but i digress back to the long distance ap you know it it doesn't help you much with the cruises it doesn't help you with adventures by disney it really just helps you at disney world um 
which is where the bulk of the fun and happenings are. There's so much to do there. You know, you can't get it all done in one one trip or two trips or three trips or four trips. We've tried. You can't. You yep. can't do it. So it's not hard to go back multiple times. And if you really pay attention uh, and get those discount flights, I know we have we have good friends who are AP here in the Midwest, and uh, you know just every day they get emails for flights, and sometimes they'll just get on a flight on a Thursday, fly back on a Sunday, two days at the parks. Yeah, you're spending a little bit on flights, but I mean I know us, we've gotten round trip tickets to Orlando for under eighty dollars, uh, and so it's just. It's all about playing the game a little bit and just trying to find the right deal and then being able to jump. And, and, and I think the great thing about being AP is that you don't have to think about the park costs. And so if you can find a doing a value or an off property, you know, finding a, a cheap play, place to stay, I don't know, just sleep on the monorail. I don't know if they'll even let you do yeah. that. But, you know, at least you're getting the, the parks for free. And that really is where most of the money is coming from, especially since they did just raise the prices here last week. Yeah, because you think about $30 raise um, last week to the AP, it sounds like a lot, but you spread that over 365 days, that's not, that's not much per day on what you could use. And the other tickets, a lot of them went up about $5, roughly, kind of a $5 bump, $15 bump in the hopper. So if you want to look at the $30 bump in the AP, 15 of that was for the hopping capabilities. So that's really just $15 total, where a three-day ticket, it went up $5. I mean, you're looking at like, what, $1.66 a day or something like that. So really, the the price increase was not as big to the AP as it was to the other tickets, which kind of makes it even more favorable. I think the first time we did an annual pass a couple years ago, when I did the math, you had to do at least two four-day trips before it made any sense at all. A three and a four was not even close, but a four and a four, it made a lot of sense. But now a three and a four makes sense, which is a little different math than I did a couple years ago. Um, But yeah, it it can make sense pretty easily. And uh, it's a lot of fun when you have annual pass because you can talk about trips a little more easily. Well, when you get to put that cool magnet on the back of your car, every now and then I pull up behind somebody and I see that, and I'm like, I'm a little bit jealous. You can go to Disney anytime you want. That's why we get a magnet, right? Just just get in the car and drive. So, yeah, I think the magnet's the best part, Derek. No, it's it's actually the park emission. And, you know, let's talk about how to upgrade. Um... So we have never just straight up bought an annual pass and then showed up and used it. We always purchased a park ticket, um, usually with a reservation. I think the last this last trip we had actually a free dining package. And for free dining, you have to buy a park admission to get the free dining promotion. They don't give you free dining if you don't buy the tickets. It's just how the promotion works. You want to eat for free, you got to buy some tickets. So I think we only had the hotel and free dining for five nights. But we bought a 10-day ticket. And you have to pay that in advance. So it was kind of like our payment plan. So we paid for the 10-day ticket a couple months out from our trip. And then when you get to the parks, you go into guest services after you use it the very first time. And you upgrade to your annual pass. And it's a pretty exciting moment. They take your picture, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, 
So you upgrade after that, and you just pay the the difference between what you paid for your 10-day ticket or however many days you had and uh, and your AP holders. So we kind of did that. It's kind of like a payment plan. You can't really have a payment plan with a regular annual pass, but you pay some of it in advance. You get to the park, upgrade, and you have until the very last day of your ticket. So that last day of your trip before you leave the park, if you decide you want to upgrade, you better do it before your you know, clock strikes midnight or all the guest service places are closed because then it's too late. The ship has sailed and you got to start from scratch. So that's how we have done annual passes. The one time we did it right away, the first day of our trip at Disney Springs, uh, we actually hadn't even gotten our tickets yet, but they upgraded us in advance. They were pretty cool about that um, and the guest services there. The last time we did it um, was when they were rolling out Magic Bands in FastPass Plus. And it was just kind of a hot mess. And uh, we went into guest services. They were really worried if they upgraded our tickets to an annual pass, all our fast passes would disappear. Like one girl was like, I did this the other day and everything vanished from their account. Like that's bad. We don't that, want that. That is bad. You don't want to lose a fast very pass. Bad. Yeah. And this is when fast pass plus was just kind of just getting tested. And I thought, well, this is never going to last. And here I am. I like it now, but that trip, it was just a hot mess. Um, so we actually upgraded after we used our last fast pass on the trip, which kind of stunk because we didn't get to use any of the AP discounts throughout the trip, but we did, you know, get it for dinner the very last night at, uh, Wolfgang Puck Express. So that was a win, but, uh, and then we had a year off, so we don't get an annual pass every single year. We kind of play it by ear on how much we're going to be going within those 12 months. So that's kind of how it works, upgrading. Well, I think we kind of answered all the questions that we've gotten about the annual pass. We get them all. Um, I, I think so. It definitely, you know, people who are a little bit afraid it, it, financially, you know, it, you know, that's a big chunk of money to spend, but y- you got to do the math. And, and that's what we'll encourage everyone who's listening right now. Do the math, go online, figure out if it's right for you. And maybe it's, it's one of those things where you, uh, you get it only to encourage you to go to the parks a little bit more. What the heck? Let's take that second trip or, uh, you know, on the back end of a cruise, maybe spend a couple extra days at the park. I think that's the best thing about the annual pass is just it gives you that little added flexibility. Yeah, it makes it a little stress-free when you're planning. You don't have to be as rigid in your your planning. You get a little freedom. You can go for a half day. You can go a late arrival not worry about, like, well, our flight got in at 4. Do I really want to pay for a whole day ticket to go to the park for two hours? It You know, it makes those two hours much easier to bear. Um, now, if your flight gets in late, do you want to go for two hours? Well, if you're doing a seven-day ticket, yeah, you upgrade to an eight-day ticket for $10, and you go for the two hours. But if you just have two days or three days, that upgrade to the next day is big. So... You know, you got to look at every situation's a little different and uh, do the math, and maybe it'll work out for you. Maybe it's just a crazy idea for you. Well, I think we've uh, answered all the questions. It definitely, uh, like this all, you know, stemmed from a couple questions that we've had listeners and I know myself ask before because uh, I know you and I, 2019, will be annual pass holders because we'll be going yeah. down for Star Wars, you know, hopefully every other month. Uh, as long as that, you know, 
is as is expected. Who knows? Is maybe, as advertised? Yeah, as maybe Avatar is going to be as great as people are hoping. I know a lot of talk about that, and we're going to check it out here in June. And, uh, you know, that's kind of some of the big reasons why prices have been going up is because mm -hmm. Disney is investing in the parks. And, you know, that can be a reason why the annual pass makes it worth it is because you get to check out these new experiences. Maybe only annual pass holders will be able to ride on the new gondolas in 2019. I highly Very doubt possible. that, but that would be cool. Oh, It'd be, be a fun. benefit. I, I, yeah, Disney is like, no, get as many people on as possible. But uh, yeah. I do like that Disney does do some perks for annual pass holders uh there's some merchandise we found out you can't buy unless you're an ap member mm -hmm. uh there, special there's special pins other, shirts yeah there, there's a lot of handful of things so you know it, it definitely can be worth it if you're strategic about what you want to do between dining parking of course merchandise i mean that alone makes sense because we spend an unreal amount of money every time we go on merchandise uh, and then, of course, the parks. So you just got to sit down with a calculator and figure out if it's right for you. Yeah, you and the calculator. One thing I might have forgotten to mention is discounts on tours, like the behind-the-scenes tours, Key to the Kingdom. You get about 15% off that. But that's another situation where you got to spend money to save money. So you'd have to be real strategic. Already planning on doing that if you're trying to break even on an annual pass. That would already be in the budget to where you're like, oh, now we get 15% off. So there's another little thought there. There we go. Well, yeah, some of those tours I know are bucket list for me. I don't, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do a whole different show on tours. Mm-hmm. I'd have to do some more tours before we do that. I, I, yeah, we, we need, I need an Oceaneers Club in Disney, in, in somewhere in Walt Disney World, so I can do the tours without the kids. Yeah, the price of the Oceaneers Club is perfect compared to the uh, the kids' clubs at the resorts. There's a big difference. Well, that that is definitely a future episode we'll talk more about. Uh, but hopefully, we answered. Like I've said, we got we got this question a couple times. So hopefully, you listening uh, who was wondering about maybe I should be an annual pass holder or just wanted a little bit more information about it that we answered your question. And of course, if we hadn't all the way or if you have some follow-up, please send us a message or an email. We'd be happy to answer it uh, both directly and then on air as well as we do have future listener questions and answer shows coming up in the future. Uh, Doug, hopefully here in a you know a few months, uh, June's still a little bit away, you and I will be heading down to the parks, and, and we'll probably promote this a little bit, to review the new Avatar Land, which you've probably been seeing on our Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Disney is starting to release a little bit more about it, but we we are planning on going down there. You'll be using your annual pass holder to yeah, check out we'll, the new the new uh, rides and attractions. And we'll see what you decide to do ticket-wise. Yep. We'll see. So that, that that's stuff we'll continue to talk about, but definitely wanted to promote that a little bit. That uh, Stay tuned because in June we're going to have uh, the one-year Rope Drop Radio trip to review Avatar. So uh, be listening to that. So. Uh, I think that's all we got for today's show about the annual pass holders. Doug, anything else? Yeah, um, it works great from nearby or far away. So don't be afraid to be a long-distance AP holder. And get the really cool magnet that you can put on the back of your car. Yep, and make Derek jealous. That It does. Every single time I get jealous when I see one of those. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, you know, I know that will be us here in about a year or two. So... 
then my jealousy will go away. But that is all the time that we have for Rope Drop Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Disney dentist, Dr. Doug, and myself talk a little bit about the annual pass holders. Uh, please go on to Facebook, like us, uh, follow us on Twitter. We love to share uh, more tips, tricks, uh, different rope drop strategies, of course, and all the fun things that Disney has to offer. And continue to listen to future episodes. This has been Rope Drop Radio.